Volume two, chapter ten of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter ten. Such the gay splendour, the luxurious state of caliphs old, who on the Tigris shore in mighty Baghdad, populous and great held their bright court where was of ladies store and verse love music still the garland wore when sleep was coy the bard in waiting there cheered the deep midnight with the muse's lore composing music bade his dreams be fair and music lent new gladness to the morning air thompson the family seat of the duke of spalding was one of those majestic country mansions in which england so excusably prides herself as rivalling in magnificence the palaces of other kingdoms and far surpassing them in distribution completeness order elegance and refinement situated in that most picturesque district of yorkshire which terminates in the caves of craven and the seams of malham and goodale the park of spalding court was bounded to the north by a massive ridge of rocks and opened westward towards a beautiful mere and extensive range of woodlands nor had even the experimental vagaries of the duchess divested it of those noble specimens of ancient timber which serve as our national attestation that for the last eight hundred years the bosom of our country has remained unscarred by the hoofs of an invading army the mansion was princely a quadrangle dating from the august reign of elizabeth and having borrowed improvements without being disfigured by innovations from the progress of succeeding ages the household too was of corresponding dignity and excellently trained a circumstance the more remarkable considering the restless pains taken by the duchess in its management no one in fact ever passed a week at spalding court without admitting it to be one of the pleasantest and best regulated houses in the kingdom the duchess was so far superior in worldly wisdom to mrs armytage that she did admit the influence of her children in her domestic arrangements aware that even the most fashionable people must grow old-fashioned unless they condescend to march with the times she was glad to rejuvenise with her sons and daughters and learn from them the details of those artificial wants and necessities which the march of frivolity creates from year to year for the impoverishment of the rich and the enrichment of the poor while the duke kept on the passive and noiseless tenor of his way having forgot himself if not to stone certainly to stucco the marquis of downham and lord leicester were admitted to legislate the affairs of the table lord wyndham when he was in england had a vote in the stable and carriage department while the two girls took upon themselves a share in the cabinet council of the drawing-room the invitations the fates the order and disorder of the day not that the duchess ever ceased to act upon her axiom l'etat c'est moi but like other potentates she took the opinion of her cabinet council and when it suited her kept her own she did not for instance give ear to the animadversions of her family on her friends tools or dependents nor allow them to interfere with her antipathies 
neither sons nor daughters could have inspired her with charitable feelings towards mrs armytage nor contemptuous ones towards those easy-as-a-glove obsequients the much-enduring wemmersleys of mill hill such was the house and such the people towards whom arthur and his wife made their way on the fatal eighth of august through a lovely country and lovely weather secretly rejoicing at their release from the fretful formalities of holywell cheered by the consciousness of being again together unwatched by discontented eyes and welcomed into pleasant society for the sake of their own powers of pleasing marian found on her arrival her rooms so considerately chosen that she could not for a moment apprehend that her child would be troublesome or in the way they were magnificently lodged but established with their own servants about them in a moment she felt at home shy as she was there was something in the independent habits of spalding court calculated to put her instantly at ease she was already acquainted with the family with the exception of the duke who was seen only at meals and then seen only as a handsome high-bred reserved man the picture of a picture of a man of quality by kneller or reynolds and of his eldest son the marquis of downham but the character of the son as one of the types of the times merits closer investigation than that of the father singularly gifted by nature with those extrinsic attractions which though they sometimes tend to the promotion of the obscure almost invariably serve to depreciate the great lord downham had from babyhood been cited for the mere distinction of his beauty had been modelled painted exhibited engraved quizzed for his prettiness as a schoolboy and adored as an adolescent he had made artists rich tailors fashionable and ladies mad bad and indifferent too handsome to study too handsome to seek popularity too handsome to marry a wife but there comes a trying hour in the career of every adonis an hour which washballs pomades and gowland's lotion may retard but cannot annihilate an hour when the chestnut or raven curls wax thin or grisly when the cheek grows lank the eyes dim and crow's feet and wrinkles usurp the world-worn face of this his lordship felt himself on the verge late hours and claret had accelerated the ravages of time and now the marquis was vibrating in a state of exquisite uncertainty a beauty no longer how was he next to distinguish himself from the vulgar herd of lords and commons in these times the modes are numberless of courting notoriety he might compose an opera and inflict his own symphonies on the endurance of the ancient concerts he might ascend the heights of mont blanc or topocatapetl at the cost of a guide or so and annuities to the widows he might daub landscapes for somerset house cut up society into shreds in weekly caricatures might elope with a bishop's widow or an infanta of portugal but in all this the marquis felt that he should be at best but an ignoble imitator of noble originals he knew that in political life it was vain for him to seek distinction his party was overflowing with able and ambitious men what if he were to turn radical 
and attempt to revolutionize the country no independently of the personal sacrifices indispensable to such a recantation even that plan wanted originality others had still been beforehand with him at best he could only hope to figure as a mirabeau the third his choice was still undetermined and this for the first time in his days rendered the superannuated cupid a very amusing companion every new celebrity and in london how rapidly do the demigods of fame succeed each other on the altar of publicity tempted him for a moment the north pole came into fashion and he thought of fitting out a trebly cased yacht for a campaign against the walruses timbuktu and the lost tribes of israel excited the speculations of the ignorant erudite and the marquis pondered upon the eligibility of assuming a mesopotamian costume and pilgrimizing through the deserts the cold scheme lasted him one hot summer the torrid project kept him warm during the next hard winter but although thinking of the frosty caucasus enabled him to endure the fervours of brighton in the dog days it did not beguile him into so much as crossing the marine parade towards the completion of the adventure the mazurka soon came into fashion and the success of its exotic professors inspired him with the notion of becoming the dancing idol of the day then followed the theatricals at bridgewater house and nothing less would satisfy him than to out keen poor keen but why enumerate the catalogue of his erratic schemes he was as it has been already observed still undecided not une ambition manquée but une ambition ambiguë the girls marian had on a slight acquaintance already pronounced to be charming lively natural enthusiastic creatures without suspecting that lady amabel's naivete was the most studied of all her accomplishments lady honoria's enthusiasm a clever cold-blooded speculation by assuming at fitting moments the ecstasies of some engouement de bon ton such as for pasta's singing or chalon's portraits or even for the fine mind of that intellectual creature lady so-and-so or the superhuman eloquence of dear lord thunderham's last speech a girl of very ordinary faculties contrived to pass for a critic and a judge it all did very well in their own set lady amabel was established as a sayer of odd things and lady honoria of clever ones even wiser people were sometimes taken in artists seduced by the medium of their vanity into believing their talents really appreciated or very young philosophers who saw in the bright eyes and coral lips of the pretty spaldings the guarantee of any excellence they might be pleased to assume applauded to the echo i am so enchanted you are come said lady amabel dragging rather than leading marian to a seat in the boudoir after having dispatched arthur to the archery ground in search of her brothers i remained at home in case you should arrive early adding nothing of her expectations of the arrival of the greta castle party mamma and the rest are gone to a sort of picnic at malham cove to gather wild auriculars rave about the beauties of wordsworth and eat fried perch from malham water we have got a charming little coterie 
chronos the poet lady emily mclaren the famous politician you know a great ally by the way of mamma's who was a sort of ex whipper in to our party when we were in office and her husband i conclude though i have neither seen nor heard him since they arrived nobody plays dumbness to such perfection then there is the duke of weatherby whom mamma has been trying to catch for honoria these three years of him i shall say nothing lest he should ever become my brother-in-law and for the same reason i leave out papa's sister lady marscourt and our demure little cousin pen who has been out these nine years and still holds to a muslin frock coral necklace and potations pottle deep of milk and water besides these we expect to-morrow a most amusing savage whom we lately caught in your neighbourhood mr leonidas lomax exactly who i believe was squatting in a wigwam in a cub's skin or blanket some half dozen years ago and now pretends to civilization and swears that his broadcloth does not sit uneasily on his shoulders poor downham will be so disappointed we have prepared him to expect one of the half-horse half-alligator with a touch of the earthquake species and he has primed himself with all sorts of yankeeisms to meet the monster when lo the wretch instead of sitting with his legs on the table and doing all the amusing things described by mrs trollope will talk of nothing but balls at the tuileries dinners at the cafe de paris and miladies us all round like a country footman marian felt a little frightened amid this waste of satire she thought it little likely her own faults and failings could escape but lady amabel with whom the art of living in the world almost supplied the place of discernment discovered perhaps that she had gone too far but there is nothing new she continued in discovering curiosities of this description in our country neighbourhood il n'en manque jamais en province as my brother wyndham says the wonder to us is to find a dear little country neighbour like yourself in whom we can hope to make a friend if it had not been for win we should never have become acquainted with you for holywell is such a formal affair that the idea of a mere morning visit there gives mamma a fit of the ague miss armytage appears to be a good kind of well-meaning girl but she is so delicate in health and so kept down by her mother that there is no knowing what to say or do with her i often wonder that the trees dare grow at holywell for fear they should grow the wrong way for pleasing mrs armytage marian with all her want of tact was wise enough to forbear adding a word in discommendation of her husband's mother but it really did give her pleasure to hear any one presuming to utter such truths respecting her imperial majesty she contented herself with observing in extenuation if you would give yourself the trouble to talk to sophia i am persuaded you would like her no she is the bosom friend of lady laura greta our moral antipathy some one advised mamma to make up a match with her for my brother leicester and so secure lord rotherham's influence for his election but leicester declared he would as soon marry the speaker in petticoats don't you think her odious more than any one i ever saw said marian with perfect sincerity 
there's a dear little creature cried lady amabel seizing her hand i knew you would be such an acquisition to us i knew we should find you so different from all those formal armitages hark do you hear that flute i forgot to enumerate among our list of people monsieur de claramel do you happen to know monsieur de claramel or rather monsieur de claramel's flute no you are very lucky he is the finest performer in europe and the greatest far beats toulouse and alfred d and for the last two years has been asked everywhere as a lion but on a sudden the man grew fine would play and would not play in short made himself a bore so now he has been invited to a half-dozen country houses w abbey b castle and several more and we have entered into a conspiracy to drop all mention of the flute the poor soul who is dying to show off would give his right hand to be asked to play but we are inexorable so poor claramel is obliged to stay at home whenever a party of pleasure is going on that he may keep himself in practice without being overheard ah he has stopped depend on it the carriages are in sight and as she predicted within a few minutes the whole party entered the adjoining library and mrs armytage was warmly welcomed and kindly presented to lady marscourt and lady emily chronos with a pretty little ready-made bright and shining enamelled compliment in his mouth solicited the same honour the duke bowed lower than he was apt to do to those not belonging to his immediate set and marian was soon surrounded with acquaintances and almost at her ease End of volume 2, chapter 10